Located in the picturesque county of Cornwall, England, Bodmin Moor is known for its rugged beauty and mystical atmosphere. However, it is also home to one of the most perplexing and debated mysteries in the United Kingdom, the existence of a fearsome creature that has become known as the Beast of Bodmin. For decades, reports of sightings and encounters with a large, black panther-like animal have sent shivers down the spines of locals and visitors alike. Witnesses describe a sleek, muscular beast resembling a puma or panther, stealthy, roaming the moorland, its piercing yellow eyes fixated on its surroundings. In this episode, we embark on a quest to uncover the truth behind the Beast of Bodmin. We'll explore the history of sightings, examine compelling eyewitness accounts, and analyze the evidence that has been gathered over the years. Is there a genuine, unidentified big cat prowling the moors? Or are these stories the result of overactive imaginations? Then we head from the United Kingdom to the United States for another widely encountered cryptid. Deep within the heartland of the Great Lakes states, reports of a creature that defy imagination have captured the attention and fueled the nightmares of locals for decades. Described as a humanoid with the head and body of a canine, the Dogman prowls the wilderness with an otherworldly presence. Its piercing eyes and haunting howls instill fear in all who dare to cross its path. In this episode, we also plunge into the depths of the Dogman folklore and investigate the compelling encounters shared by those people who claim to encounter this mysterious beast. We'll delve into the rich Native American legends that intertwine with the modern-day sightings, tracing the origins of this chilling myth. Your much-awaited cryptids part 3 of the Say What Again Billy podcast begins now. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. I have a special guest today. Nick, welcome back. You were on before. Thanks for having me, Bill. Appreciate it. You guys know Joey Ayala, my co-host. He's back. Here. So, guys, we are talking some cryptids today. Cryptids did very well um, the first two times I talked about them. And I really did a deep dive into like what cryptids I can cover that I haven't heard too much about on other outlets and so on. And two cryptids came to my mind. Actually, last week on the episode that we did, Joey, um, I mentioned about they found hair follicles from an actual large cat in the United Kingdom that is going to correlate to what we're talking about today. So that's one of the reasons why we're going to talk about a certain cryptid today. And then this other one is in... it It started from... Michigan in 1887, and that is the Dogman of Michigan, which is now cited throughout the United States of America. Something interesting interesting I'll bring up with that one. But before we get really started, Nick, you were on an episode two months ago, three months ago? February, right? Sounds about right, yeah. Give or take. (laughs) And um, just want to give everybody just a a little info on you. Just give some of your credentials, because Nick is... Joey's intellectual. He has his knowledge in UFOs, ancient civilizations. Nick has, you know, degrees and stuff like that. So just give everybody the, because we're going to hear a different take today from, from. All right. Um, uh, I got a few degrees. Um, my first one, I like to joke with everybody is I got a BA and BS because I have a bachelor's degree in philosophy with a minor's degree in theology. So I can look at existential. I can look at theological. 
Um, but I also have master's degrees in educational areas. So I like to look at it from a purely academic perspective as well. Um, so you're going to spell check us. <laughs> no, I'm going to pronunciation check you. Bro. Okay. okay. I, I listened to enough of these. I think people want to hear you get checked on. Those. I will never be able to pronounce things like we, 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 it was, you know, it's crazy. We we're talking about uh Varnaha Brazil yesterday. And I think I got it right. Cause I was watching a couple of other clips and shows and they were I think saying, you called that one, Virginia. Nope. That wasn't me. That was <laughs> no, no, it's, it is. It's sort of Virginia, but it's not. That, this time it wasn't me. I'll t- I'll be, it's Var, Var, Virginia. Varnaha, Varnaha Brazil. It, but it, but it, it wasn't me last week. I actually said, you can go right to the intro of last week's episode to, to clarify that. But go ahead, bud. All right. So uh, like I said, uh, a lot of degrees, um, not to brag, just a lot of, of different perspectives that I'll, I want to bring to the table. And um, I've been dying to get back on with you. And especially in regards to this episode, like we've talked in the past and uh, I've worked with, with you in the past. I was even part of the IUH way back in the day, like makes me feel old now, but you know, um, so for those who don't know, the IUH was my ghost group that I that I orchestrated and brought forth, and we did investigations in the New York City region, and it stood for IUH was Investigation of Unexplained Happenings. Nick was one of the original members of the group that came and did paranormal investigations and stuff like, and we focused strictly on ghosts at the time. Now this podcast pretty much covers everything, right? And you know, uh, it's it's Billy's fault that I'm really into a lot of this. Uh, I just want to point that out there. Uh, I was at his house one day. Uh, was, oh my God, it was after the first season, right? So we were what, 18, 19 years old, Supernatural. We were watching Smallville at the time and you handed me this DVD set. I mean, they saved my life watching that show. Like when I was younger, I had like a lot of issues, but um, you turned me on Supernatural and, and I got really into all the aspects of things they did take a little bit of a of a wandering path that show but yeah um as many shows did on cw11 well 15 years a long time to be covering i mean they covered a lot uh even jefferson starships and if you don't know what that is you should check that one particular episode out um but the uh what we're gonna talk about today is really interesting to me because there's a couple of aspects i want to touch on and i'll let you introduce the topics but like i mean this this one particular one um the dog man, right? I want to really touch base on that one. That one's like that t- touches a nerve for me. Okay. So you know what? We'll start with the dog man because you are our guest. And um dog man is a cryptid that originated in Michigan. In 1887 was the first time that this cryptid was sighted. And it's been well documented ever since. And there's actually somebody that reported, I believe, in the 80s, and I'm going to actually refer to uh, Wiki on this. Uh, can you pull up the Dogman of Michigan? Are you talking right. about Steve Cook? The, it's, that's the song. Yep. Right? There's, a, there's actually a story that I was reading, because I comb through things the time I'm allowed, because my job is just crazy. And um, there was a reported sighting of Dogman where this individual, if you could try to look through it while I, while I paraphrase, this individual was attacked by a, a group of wolves, which is very common in, in wolves. They, they hunt in packs. And the, the guy that got attacked actually said while he was being circled and like, you know, howled at and barked at, he saw one of the wolves 
stand up on two feet and like stand up and walk. Like this thing was literally commanding the other wolves. And he reported it the whole nine. And that's just one of the witness testimonies to the dog man. Now it originated from what I read in the peninsula area of West Michigan. So I guess there's some kind of peninsula in, in Michigan that branches off to uh, uh, an area of like that looks like a peninsula or something like I'm gonna that. I'm going to take your word on that. Geography is not much. I, yeah, it's not real. I mean, I'm not bad with, with where things are, but I'm not all too familiar with, with Michigan. But that's what I read. It originated over there. Now, there are sightings to this day throughout the United States of this dogman. Most recently, and you guys can refer to the SWAB underscore podcast, which is the podcast, the Instagram page for the Say What Again Billy podcast. A while back, I do post things that hit the news that's paranormal. And I believe in Austin, Texas, somewhere in Texas, near a zoo, video surveillance cameras picked up a wolf-like figure. And they had no idea what it was actually. And it's very similar to this picture. I'm going to pull it up on my on my Instagram. Actually, I'm going to just type it in real quick. Oh, I see. That's great that you're pulling that picture up because I do want to reference, you know, that that kind of um, angle. Again, I'm I'm going to play skeptic only because we got to play devil's advocate. And there's there are certain things I do believe, but I want to play skeptic in here and, and academic on this particular, you know, stance. Okay. Uh, but this was captured on a surveillance camera at the zoo. To this day, they still don't know what that is. How spot on similar is that to what I just showed you from what they were what is drawn on Wiki? If the knees were, you know, a few more degrees up, it would be a hundred percent spot on. All right. That's from an actual surveillance. It made the news. People still can't figure out what it was. They don't know what it was. And it is something animal esque, bipedal standing up on surveillance. This was definitely up on two legs for a couple sure. of months ago that was reported. And this is from um a Texas zoo. That this thing was right outside the zoo. And this... This is Southern Texas? Um, let's see where in Texas this is. Armarillo. I was really wrong. Armarillo, Texas. And this report, this is from Fox 56. Around 1.25 in the morning on May 21st. This was a while back, actually. In the last year. Security cameras inside a perimeter fence at the zoo captured a strange image. This year? Uh, May know, 21st of last... Yeah, last May. Okay. And... Yeah, this report came out June 8, 2022. So to this day, from all all I'm gathering from is they still don't know what it was because I kind of followed up on it a while back and people made videos of it. Some videos are referring it to as the dog man. So whatever this dog man is that originated in Michigan has made rounds throughout the United States. Like other folklorish creatures, uh, like we have the skinwalkers, chupacabra, of course, the infamous Bigfoot. So this thing has made its way around the United States and might have gotten caught on surveillance at the zoo in Amarillo, Texas. Now, I'd love to get your input on it, and I'll also let Joey chime in and get his input on what this could be. All right, so I haven't seen the Amarillo one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that out, okay? Uh, but what I do want to talk about is you brought up 1887, right? That was what you said. So I'm gonna I, I went back and tracked this up, right? So 1987, the Steve Cook song, you know, I know you just mentioned that. That's when the Dog Man got really popular, got really mainstreamed. Okay, it seems to always be a seven, right? And you know, I know you bring up biblical a lot, um, 
if I tell you 13, if I tell you 40, if I tell you three, all those things are highly meaningful numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to go with that theory for a second. Just don't, bear don't with me. Don't be pulling math on me because I'm not good right away. Don't worry, I got your back. Okay. I, I, I help don't you. Don't be doing that just, teacher shit. I promise no, no math involved, okay? okay? Just, just listen, bear me out. So seven, it always ends in a seven. There's an Adawa indigenous tribe that's like, in, you know, they're, they're from that area, from Michigan area, from that, from that, I don't know about that peninsula per se, but they're definitely from Michigan. They arrived there around 1807. The first land treaty was in 1817. Again, sevens. At the time... Uh, we went to 7-Eleven <laughs> before here. We got here. <laughs> At the time, there was 5,587 active Odawas. Hmm. Now, there's a seven. And if you really want to get real... I'm, this is where the math is going to come out. I'll do it for you. Five plus five plus eight plus seven is 25. Two plus five is seven. So there's a lot of sevens in there. Yeah. Now, they notice this thing, at least in the Michigan area, it's always on a year that ends in seven, right? Here's the thing. Indigenous people and all over the world, and I'll talk about that in a second, love their animals and love to you know pay homage to their animals and specifically hunter animals like a wolf, okay? And I, I, I took notes, so I'm sorry if, if you hear my papers no, no. moving around. Um, the Lakota worshipped wolves, right? And the Lakota were a tribe that, the Ottawa had a problem with. Now, the Lakota and the Ottawa are having problems with each other and, you know, non-Indigenous people are watching this. They don't know that this could be Indigenous tribe versus Indigenous tribe, especially if you're walking around and both of these tribes had high intake in fur industry, in fur trading. So now, if you're walking around dressed in furs, if you're attacking your enemies, and how do you attack like a wolf, right? Even the Indigenous people that attacked non-Indigenous people that were here in this country, so the European settlers, what they do, they'd surround camps like wolves, mm -hmm. right? The Odawas have a procedure. Some of them will pierce their nose. Now, it doesn't, it's not really clear, but some of the way it's described, it almost sounds like an enlarged snout. And what do we know about wolves? They have enlarged snouts, right? They do. Okay. <laughs> wolves are worshipped, right, in all over the world, but I'll get to that in a second. So you've got these wolves that are going around, going around, or at least these people that are wolf worshippers and have dealt with fur trade. So again, from an academic perspective and a skeptic's perspective, right? What if these are people that you're watching and you get wild-eyed? Imagine when you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you see something out the window. You're not going to have an accurate representation. And we have, elect you have electricity. They didn't. So not to say that nowadays, why is it still going on? Well, there are people in this country and not just indigenous peoples, but you know, citizens of this country that don't necessarily trust modern tech and they kind of stay away and if any of those people are staying in the woods or living apart from society feralness is survival right we want to survive that's human nature to survive so what if we only see these things coming out because they're coming and they're running out of food or they're running out of supplies that's just one perspective like i was looking at it from that angle and i was like well there's a lot of indigenous history here so we could talk about that or you could look at how wolves across time norse had Fenrir, right? That's the wolf. If you ever watched Loki or Thor, that's that big wolf that Hulk smashes off the bridge. Mm -hmm. All right, that's the wolf that was supposed to end the world. You had the Romans. Make sure you... Oh, man. <laughs> Please call Mike on this oh, one. Oh, right? man. So you had the Romans. You had Romulus. I and... might have to phone him in to clarify this one. You had Romulus and Remus raised by wolves. Okay? Japan. I'm going to butcher this one. I know I'm in front of you. I think it's Raiju, which is a thunder god. In the form of a wolf. Okay. 
okay? And you have warriors. Like a big perspective is that a lot of warriors were turned. That's the Indo-European version. Like the, the big-time warriors are wolf-like. So you have all these societies across the world, really, having these wolves come out. Why? Well, if you're attacking another tribe, you want to win. So you're going to get as feral as possible. We didn't have guns, allegedly, right? Oh, well, we didn't have guns yet. We hadn't invented them yet. So what do you do? You act like an animal. So maybe somebody, you know, they, um, I, I, I'd be putting words in people's mouths, so I don't want to do it. But just the two-legged, the bipedal, maybe that's just somebody traveling with the wolves, somebody who is akin to animals, who has been raised around animals, who the animals trust. Because wolves are not necessarily going to attack, especially, think about a dog. You come home, there's a baby, what do you do? You send the shirt home. Why? So the dog has the scent, and dogs are descended from wolves, right? If you're raised in a wolf-like environment or around animals like that, they're not going to attack you. They're going to attack with you, especially if you exert any kind of influence or any kind of alpha mentality because that's how the wolves work with an alpha male. So that's just that. Um, and again, there's also the Scooby-Doo effect. And this one I, I think is pretty funny because if you, and this is just purely conspiracy, and I know you love these, this is purely a conspiracy thought, right? What if... Um, you're hiding something, right? And if you want to hide something, what's the best way to keep people away? Create a tale, scare the ever-loving out of them, and keep it up every once in a while so people think not to go near it. Three different theories, more academic and educational than anything, except for the Scooby-Doo one. That's just because I like mm -hmm. Scooby-Doo. Um, but I was just, again, playing skeptic. All these things kind of, and I don't believe in coincidence. As I was telling Joey before we got here, I don't believe in coincidence. Um, so there's got to be patterns, you know, from the math, I'm a big math guy. So the patterns are always there. And if you start recognizing them, you can try and debunk or, or, or deflate a lot of theories. Now I didn't see the Amarillo thing, so it's going to, I'm going to have to factor that into what I looked into for this dog, man, but it's cool to me anyway, cause I'm a big fan of werewolves and that's kind of, you know, this became like a werewolf or, uh, they talk about the dog in Michigan. I think there's another one. Is it the Beast of Brayer Road or Bray Road or something Beast like that? Beast of Bray Road, yes. Okay, and it's very similar to this. Yes. So um, I don't know if you want to I, – I don't know enough about that one because I didn't really research it, but um, it's very similar to this and it has that same kind of thing. And again, you're talking about areas that were probably very heavily wooded, very heavily nature. So just from that perspective. So what you're saying is it, there's a, a strong possibility that the indigenous people at the time are are still – amongst the woods living and using their sacred animal the wolf and dressing like them and staying off the grid so possibly some of the sightings that people are seeing are these people in the wolf clothing well i don't want to say like it's just indigenous people because i don't think there's enough indigenous people out there still and like they you they would have had to intermarry and i don't want to like get canceled for saying it's just indigenous people because there are non-indigenous people that don't trust the government, that don't trust the media, that don't trust medicine, who may have kept their families away because they know better, right? Know better in air quotes. So they may be another one that wolves are feral, wolf, but there's a reason that we as societies across time have looked at wolves as these big bad beasts, both as chaos, right? The Norse looked at the, the wolf of destruction, but even Odin had these two wolves that would help work around in his world so you had order and chaos they were just these primal forces so whether they're indigenous 
or they're non-indigenous, but know that these creatures are, are feared, right? You fear a wolf, you fear a bear, you fear a lion, you fear these big cats, we'll get to that later, right? But if they know they're feared and they know that that's gonna help them get around, they may use that in that kind of that Scooby-Doo way, right? Where we're protecting ourselves, but also getting what we need as we move forward. It's a, it's a tool of power. Uh, and yeah, to touch on some of, to play the skeptical side, and then I can get to the non-skeptical side. <laughs> but to play the skeptical side, it, go, it goes as far back as uh, ancient ancient Greece, where in Greek mythology, uh, Lycan was, um, he, was a, he was king of Arcadia. I don't know if you know that. Uh, um, and he was turned into a wolf, right? And he, and as he, a punishment? Was he, that a punishment? He killed his son. He sacrificed his son for Zeus to see where Zeus's allegiances would lie. Zeus was disgusted by the way that he killed his son um, and apparently turned him into the turned him into a wolf. And killed off all his offspring. Um, so yeah, I've seen that one. Maybe not that one, but I've seen where like they turn shepherds into wolves and they make the shepherds eat their whole flock as a punishment. So I've seen it used as right, punishments right. as well. And this this actually turned into uh, like a cult in um, in Greece where everyone followed uh, king the king of Arcadia, Lycan. Um, they even reference him in a movie, Jupiter Ascending, with Mila Kunis and. What's the guy who plays in Chad Michael Murray? Not Is Chad that... Michael Murray, the, the other one who's in uh, Magic Mike. You know what I'm oh, talking oh. about? Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. You would know that. <laughs> Billy knew it was Channing Tatum. Like, that didn't even blink. No Google. That was straight off the dome on that one. So, so in that movie, he's. I won't. Uh, his character is uh, is a Lycanton. He calls himself a Lycanton, where where his genes are spliced from a wolf and uh, and a human being. And that's that's where you'll get into the uh, the conspiratorial side of things. Where in the movie he says that human beings have been around on Earth for X amount of time, but human beings in the galaxy have existed for millions and millions of years. And there's this coalition of multi-dimensional beings and uh, terrestrial beings from this from this universe all coexisting in, in like a galactic federation, so to speak, right? right? And through throughout this galaxy and universe, people are doing things like genetic manipulation and so forth. And he was supposed to be like the guard of, uh, Alicantins are supposed to be like the guards of uh, a certain king or something. I, I forgot what the movie said, but anyway, in short, um, they are these... these these powerful beings like like you talked about and, and th they're used in a way to strike fear and etc and even in the movie um, but that's the conspiratorial side of it is that they have existed for millions of years they are gene spliced beings from another world or something like that that's that's a that's a stretch for me but <laughs> but it's a cool theory so when it comes to – you've heard me discuss this with Joey on most recent episodes, but even in earlier episodes and how I did the whole IUH thing, I'm a skeptic before I'm a believer. You know, To this day, believe it or not, with ghosts, I am – I'm a believer because of – there's so many stories out there, right? Everybody has a story about a, a ghost story or something strange happening, right? So when it comes to cryptids, even with Bigfoot, Bigfoot is the iconic cryptid throughout the world because every country has 
a Bigfoot. Even even certain states have a a, a Bigfoot, like um, right the the skunk the, the, the skunk, skunk ache in Florida. You know, there's in in Mexico, New Mexico, there's the chupacabra, right? Bigfoot and other cryptids. There's so many stories throughout the world in 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 the United Kingdom, which we're going to get into later, talking about the certain cryptid. But in the United Kingdom, there's fairy reportings in in the United Kingdom. In Ireland, they have um, leprechauns and and fairies there and other like Banshee. Banshee. In Argentina, there's the Babuera. That there's this a little dwarf troll man that comes and tries to. Lure kids in, and if they're if you're good to the bambumbuera, he and bring him gifts, he'll like not do anything to that you. That sounds like Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga is the boogeyman. It's right. a Russian thing, you know. So there's all over the world there is these, and the crazy things about these stories, right, is that people have seen these cryptids and has a crazy story to it. One of the best shows I've watched in the last few years, and I watched it religiously during COVID because there was really not much to do, was a show called These Woods Are Haunted. And you got people that are outdoorsmen. And they know their difference between a, a deer call, a cougar call. A cougar call, you can easily get mistaken for a woman yelling. And I can't, you know, people, some people do know where I work because people listen, but where I work, I can hear all different types of animals and tell you right away, like, hey, this is this kind of call, whatever like that. However, in this show, these outdoorsmen will talk about something they seen that they can tell you was not a mountain lion, was not uh, a black bear, was not a grizzly, was not a, uh, was not a brown bear, wasn't anything and they're describing from their personal account that something else was out in the woods. One story in particular that I've told a few times, and I'll paraphrase and nutshell it here, is these men went on a boat ride for the 4th of July in, t- in Texas. And they took a part of the pond or river that other people don't go. And they went to go fishing. They were night fishing. They were using some kind of fishing method that would get the fish quicker. Long story short, they encountered something that was a cross between like lizard-like and almost dogman-like, and they feared for their lives. Now, this man that was telling this story, he, you know, some of these shows I've I've said before that I feel like they hired actors, you know, to tell the story, and you're like looking at them and they're telling the story, and you're like it's bullshit. I interviewed someone that was on two of these types of shows, and I know she wasn't full of shit because we talked and. She told her story, Lindsay from the uh, from the Chilling Podcast. That was a great. She episode. was on. She was on two shows, and I know she was telling the truth because her story is the same. But some of these other shows, it's like their emotions weren't there. Let me just tell you, not to cut you off. Let me just tell you, I was I was running to meet you. I think to the gym that morning when I was listening to that particular episode, and I ran under streetlights as I was listening to that episode because like I was getting chills listening to her describe a lot. Things. Her story. If you haven't heard. Uh, Go to the, follow the Chilling Podcast, Lindsay's story. She she makes it into a story on her podcast. It's a insane story. And everyone that's heard my episode with her and listened to her podcast will tell you it's it, her story is crazy. It's, it gives you chills. But what I was saying is some of these shows on TV that they reenact and they and it's going off a story. 
a lot of these people, they just no emotion into it. Now, this episode of these woods are haunted with this guy telling the story about their boat ride on the Fourth of July in Texas. His emotion was there. He, you could hear it in his voice. You could see it in his face. And if he was bullshitting about this story, Hollywood should consider hiring him. And moral of the story is, people report these things throughout the entire world. And it just leads me to believe with the amount of stories from people that there has to be some certain things out there. Like this, this incident, this, 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 and very fairly recently, the Amarillo, Texas sighting, which I'm going to play real quick, a video clip from ABC7. Well, a strange creature has been spotted outside the Amarillo Zoo, and it's not an animal. It's not exactly a human. Take a look. Security cameras captured what appears to be a wolf man walking around the property. City officials say this image is real, and they're baffled by its mysterious appearance. So now they're asking for the public's input to figure out what the heck is it? Some have suggested it could be Chupacabra, that <laughs> mythical beast-like predator that's become so. an urban legend. And others are calling this guy a UAO, as an ident- unidentified Amarillo object. What do you- so when stories like this make the news, which doesn't happen often, right? In the last few years, we've heard UFOs finally making the, the news, right? That was huge news. And we, there's been- For five certain- minutes. Well, yeah, for five minutes. So don't get us started. Cause, yeah, we are, we're going to always on Yeah. Um, certain ghost footage has made the news that it actually has baffled like news anchors. And occasionally they'll throw us paranormal enthusiasts a bone and they'll air it on the news and, you know, whatever. When it makes the news and you heard it in the clip where officials there mm-hmm. say it's a real image and they don't know what it is. Mind you, this was cited at a zoo, right? Now... There are people that work at zoos <clears throat> that know what they're talking about when it comes to animals. So obviously, they probably took this image, the Amarillo Zoo, and they probably went to their mammal department and was like, hey guys, right, what is this? And if they couldn't give officials an answer, and these are people that work around animals all day, then something was out there that was legitimately legit. So I, I wholeheartedly listen to your stuff and it's very good. You know, I'm not debunking it. I'm not saying that it was all for not. I'm just saying that that is in the world of paranormal and especially what, you know, Joey and I cover on a week to week basis, what I've been devoted a good chunk of my, uh, like a hobby that became something is like a passion. I, I, it's like, you have to hear everything and believe very little you can't just say this is this is it you know your 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 stuff that you just said about this it's it's plausible right you know there's these these people could be dressing up and and they're like feral people and trying to scare others we've heard of many stories out there where kids were left in the woods or or got abandoned or lost and animals literally helping them and like becoming like acquainted with the animals it's like the premise of many stories from Disney and movies and stuff like that. So it's possible that people are one with wolves and wolves accept other wolves because of trust. You know, if you feed and, and help a wolf, there's stories to this day about animals being helped by humans and literally not wanting to leave the human or accepting them into packs and things like that. There's birds out there like ravens and crows that if you help a, a raven or a crow... They, and you feed it, they'll come bearing gifts, they'll bring you like worms and certain things. There's, there's stories of crows 
that are being fed by people every day bringing bigger and better things. There's reports of crows because they accepted the human, like, oh, this human's helping me. The crow's going and bringing jewelry back or money. Like, they're like, oh, he's giving me three worms a day. Now I'm going to go get him this and bring in the, there's videos. It's crazy. So it's very, like, plausible stuff. But at the end of the day, it's who the hell knows? You know what I mean? Like, who knows what is out there and what that is? And we got your theory. We have, I guess, my, I just told the story. Joe, you want to you wanna add anything to, like? Yeah, I would, I would say my theory is more along the lines of it, wolves are so, the werewolf, is, there's a rich history in the werewolf. Uh, werewolves. The wolves are so massive, right? And especially, and they can stand on their hind legs at times, right? Like, not at, for a long time. Not for a long not time. Not like what bears can do. No, no. Well, not not in that picture the way you're showing it. No, I mean like if they had their back up against something, that's one thing. Right. Like they're leaning. The legs go the opposite direction in the back, right? Because um, believe me when I say this, I, I kind of know a little bit about animals, especially now. Yeah. I, I, I kind of <laughs> know a little bit about. So. And wolves, uh, they're so smart and they hunt in packs and, and the way that they hunt and go after their prey. And, and when you look at them, they're almost like, like, and there's specific types of species of werewolves, or not werewolves, wolves that are like, that they gaze into you. Joe Rogan talked about it on his, on his podcast where the, it's almost like they're, you can see them thinking when they're looking at you, like peering almost through you. And I feel like some of this mythology or some of these uh, urban legends about werewolves have come about from just regular giant wolves. Let me play the clip. No, it's over. They're like, oh, okay, he's in the water. Yeah, he's in the water. Let's we just, can chill let's now. Go dry off. Yeah, yeah. That is bananas. Yeah, crazy. Eh? They're so wise. I, people that I know that have seen them in the forest say they look at you a different way. Yeah. They, they look at you. There's a, a way they look through you. They look at you in a way like, almost like, they think that that's the reason why the the, the myth of the werewolf exists. Mm. Is that people that have these terrifying encounters with wolves, they swear that it's part human. Yeah. Like make peas and in so that's a clip from uh, the Joe Rogan podcast where he's talking about people that have encountered wolves. And I'm going to reiterate that some of these people that have encountered things that they know aren't an animal that's indigenous to the area have had a newfound fear. Like the guy that went on this fishing trip in Texas that was on These Woods Are Haunted, which I can't tell you the season or the episode, but just if you have Discovery Plus, just find it on there and comb through it. You will find that episode. I'm not lying when I say that this guy was very heartfelt in what, what he told in the story. I got to look into that. But I'm, I'm inclined to believe that. I'm inclined to believe that. I mean, I've seen some pictures of wolves just next to people. They're just massive. Like if one was in here in this room right now, like an alpha wolf, he'd, he'd take up like a good majority of this room. They're just that tall. They're that big. Think think Great Dane and even a little bigger than that. Right. I've, I've seen, um, I think it's an Irish wolfhound. And I pull that one up because it's so big. Irish wolfhounds are even bigger than Great Danes. Right next to a wolf and the wolf still dwarfs this thing right and that's not even a dire wolf size wolf and right. that's a real thing by the way dire wolves before game of thrones i did not know that was a real thing mm -hmm. but dire wolves are even bigger, bigger. wolves like They're huge these creatures are 
gigantic. Right. So I understand that. So you perspective. can see the, the the myths that surround them. There's that combined with other things. Like there's a condition, um, and I'm not sure if you guys are aware of it. It's called hypertrichosis in humans, where they grow hair all over their face. Foreheads, nose, that, cheekbones, that their, was, their face is completely covered in hair. That's the basis of the, and forgive me because I'm not 100% on this because I, I haven't really researched it, but P.T. Barnum had the dog man. Right. Right. And that's the kind of person that that was, somebody who had that condition. I had actually researched that. I didn't write that in my notes, but I had I had looked it up. I didn't know the name of it. Right. So, so now imagine a person like that just trying to play into the whole uh you know, myth of, of the werewolf and, and maybe dressing up in a costume at a time where people believed in, in, you know, the paranormal more so than ever, you know, now we have, yeah, Billy's showing me, uh, uh, the scale of, uh, of a dire wolf next to a, a timber wolf and, and a human. They're just, they're massive. That's ridiculous. It, the dire wolf can go body length, eight feet, which is like, give or take, Anywhere between 100 to like 250 pounds. And then the, the timber wolf is six feet and it's going to be a little less in weight. And then the human on the scale here is like six feet tall, which, you know, a person like me is shit out of luck if I come across a dire wolf. Right. What was what was the weight on the regular wolf, the timber wolf? Timber wolf. Um, timber wolf is anywhere between the okay so one of the largest bull species is the alaskan gray wolf which can be up to 175 pounds another large species is the eurasian wolf which can weigh up to 130 pounds it's important to note however that not all wolves are the same size the size of wolves can vary depending on number of factors including their habitat their diet and their genetics and this is from random fun facts online which is this show is random fun facts at the at the moment it's, it is and i don't want to cut you off joe i'm gonna let you go right back to your theory but to and again just just a disclaimer i love werewolves like i want to believe in werewolves kind of a deal like how much i love <laughs> werewolves and this is me just from the academic perspective but if you're talking about a six foot length right 175 pounds now that would be a thinner side six foot tall person that would not be not not somebody that's full figured at six feet tall you're six feet tall you're probably closer to 200 pounds at a at a good figure like a good size mm -hmm. figure and i don't mean fat i don't mean skinny i mean just somebody who fills out their frame so you could imagine going back to somebody walking around on all fours or or crawling around on all fours in furs right who's used to this kind of situation again not taking away from werewolves not taking away from your theory in a second but you could imagine they fit the average size and even a little bit bigger. So they may look bigger and scarier because if you have a 200 pound, six foot tall person filling into that space and walking around like that and then standing up, they would fit this dynamic. The description, right. And and imagine a person with hypertrichosis at, at that same you height, know, and, height weight. and weight. Um, uh, another thing that I was going to add is I, I, do, I do agree with you in the sense that they've you know, tribes use numerology and, and people that's, that's where you can try to discern whether or not this is fiction or reality. When people start to put their, their, almost their, their fingerprint on it, like, Hey, we're, we're doing this on purpose kind of thing, but we still want to feed into the, the mythology of, you know, the werewolf. So the whole thing is with this is we're, we're not, I'm not, I didn't, and I, I didn't really express this to me. I'm not actually saying the dog man is a man. I'm actually saying this is something like legit, a cryptid, like an animal, not spawning from a human. Oh, okay. Like, we, yeah, yeah right. this all, I'm, 
that, sorry, I didn't, I didn't start that, you know, 37 minutes ago, but <laughs> I'm not actually saying the dog man is a man. I'm actually saying that this is a, a creature like Bigfoot. You know, this is, this is an actual animal. And but, but if it is an animal and it's, it's bipedal, right. And it has human like structure and, and wolf like structure, it, it, it does coincide with the werewolf to a degree. Yeah. And it's crazy. Cause you know, the, the what was the tribe that you said that this derived from in in Michigan? Uh, the Odawa, the Odawa tribe. That's, the Oda that's who moved there, and they had issues with the Lakota and the Dakota, and those tribes were big on the wolves. Like the Odawa had the nose piercing thing, so you could enlarge the snout maybe. But the Lakota and the Dakota, who they had big time issues with at that time, they were bigger proponents on the wolf being like a a big time god or um deific figure. So. Mm -hmm. So the these this Native American tribe that was in Michigan battling with another tribe, the um, Native Americans have this these stories, their their religion, if you want to put it that way, that involves involves around animals. And the skinwalker is something that the Native American tribes from Arizona to New Mexico, um, to Utah, they have this, they actually fear the Skinwalker. And there's theories on how the Skinwalker came about. Is that that show, like Skinwalker Ranch? It's, it's, you know it's similar? I, yeah, it's, I haven't watched it. it you got to watch it. And I always say this uh, on here and to people that I put try to put onto the show. Skinwalker Ranch, this, the season so far, and there is a fourth season out that I cannot fucking find on Discovery Plus. So why I'm paying Discovery Plus $8, $10, whatever is a month is, is crazy to me. Because people are saying you got to go on a different app to watch it. But... That's for something else. Um, Skinwalker Ranch, in my opinion, has nothing to do with the actual Skinwalker. Skinwalker. There's they they just on this last season that I watched mentioned Skinwalker, the Skinwalker, the cryptid, the folklore, the mm -hmm. Navajo, um, you know, tale of it. But it has nothing to do with Skin. It's just called Skinwalker Ranch. The actual Skinwalker story. Is how do the some some of the tribes like the Navajo and other Native American tribes believe the Skinwalker is just a supernatural negative, you know, demon-like thing. But stories that I've read that if you want to become a Skinwalker, you had to do a really incredibly gruesome, gr gruesome, grotesque thing into become a Skinwalker, and that was. Kill the person, kill a person that you were set out to kill, and then eat their heart, and then you would be able to have this ability to transform into pretty much anything, and then you pretty much sold your soul to very malign, you know, malevolent, yeah, like very negative, um, Native American demon esque, you know, figures, and you weren't really able to maintain a shapeshift like fully like it would be something would be off so like let's say someone became a skinwalker they can morph into a deer but something is off about that deer like maybe a hoof isn't really a hoof on one of the four legs it's like uh you can see a finger or something like that mm. that's what i read and gathered but again these stories change and change and change but again native americans this this dog man from michigan their stories all about these these creatures and if you look at their cave paintings 
when we talked about hieroglyphics and paintings, there's paintings with, you could tell Native Americans painted like, you could see, okay, that's clearly a Native American and he's got the spear and he's hunting. And there's other things they drew that look like, what is that? Right. And on these paranormal shows, they go on to say that maybe they did see something that they literally portrayed and spoke about and pushed into their, you know, their beliefs and their stories. Aliens. Well, I mean, what's that quote? And then I know you, we got so far away from Joey's theory. He hasn't even said it yet. Uh, What's that? uh, uh, Magic is indistinguishable from um, high level science. That's not the right way to say it. I know there's an actual quote there. Like uh, I probably have to Google it, but the, the highest level of science is truly indistinguishable from magic because we haven't explained it yet. So, you know, and I think it gets brought up in one of the Thor movies, particularly because they're not these, you know, magical beings. They just have these things that we can, as humans, cannot fully comprehend, right? Um, and then one more thing I wanted to mention because I was writing it left-handed because <laughs> I guess it's not very good. Uh, group hallucinations, right? You kept talking about all these things. And again, I'm not trying to discount. I just want to look at it from the skeptic or the, the academic side. There's a way that at least I know there used to be a way, and maybe now even more so because of social media and it makes it very easy to do. I could walk in a room, let's say during uh, Victorian times in England, right? I could walk into a room and cough, start coughing, not being sick, just cough. Start a cough over here before I walk in the room, walk across the room, cough a little more. People around the room are going to start coughing. They're not sick, but they're going to get this mentality that they are sick. And so imagine that on like a global scale. You keep talking about these, right, being seen in different places at different times. Imagine that mentality on a global scale. Like, well, hey, Right, you you mentioned that one, and I can't remember the name. Um, not the Russian one, not Baba Yaga, but right before that, you had mentioned in one that I said sounded like Baba Yaga. Oh, Baba Yaga. Right now, they're very similar in names, right? Very similar sounding. Well, all these things around these these cryptids that pop up all over the place, they're very similar sounding. Maybe you just have this group think mentality, and we don't have cell phones yet, right? So that that's harder to explain, right? Because allegedly we don't have the means to communicate around the world. Um, and that's fine, uh, but to one more to one more thing, and then I'm gonna let Joey go. The Amarillo thing was May 21st, right? Mm-hmm. 21st is a multiple. Just in case you're wondering, it's a math thing. Multiple of seven, so we're still on for a seven there. Mm. Okay, because 21 is three times seven. So the the fact that there's numerology behind it, it just it screams like you know mankind is putting their spin on this and making it bigger than what it actually is but then if you go further if you go further back um if you go to the ancient egyptians anubis was uh a half sorry pombero it was called i thought it was but pombero that's this is what they see in argentina oh wow. and there's a video on paranormal court on camera of these Argent. i don't mean to cut you off joy but there's a video on paranormal court on camera of these kids playing soccer and this figure starts walking very short figure it was very dark in the video, but if you see the statue of what, what people claimed to see and sculpted it, in the video, you see, and the kids wig the fuck out. Like, they're scared. Like, genuine fear in these kids. Like, again, I I watch movies, I watch TV shows, I watch these shows that are, are, are 
from a experience from the actual person and they're they're portrayed on the screen for us and these kids in this video literally were filming from a video from their phone and they were scared of this thing walking it wasn't like let's let's pretend for TikTok. This was like genuine fear, fear. when they saw this bombero. What's that color? I'm sorry. What's that color that you you've talked about when you've mentioned like shadow people, right? There's that blacker than black. Could you imagine this thing? I'm looking at this picture that you're showing me. Imagine with its eyes closed. There's nothing there. This by the way, this video during the day. During the day. That's wild. So it's 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 on there. That's crazy. But um, you can you can go uh, as far back to uh, to touch on again uh, what I was saying before billy interrupted me <laughs> uh see you're getting blamed not me no i'm kidding anubis anubis was a half jackal you know about anubis mm -hmm. anubis was a half jackal half human and he was like the uh the funerary protector of rights and uh, the guardian of graves there we go with the guardian again right right Talk about it before with the jupiter ascending guardians mm -hmm. protectors so I think I feel like my theory is a little bit more on the the uh, conspiratorial side, where there are so many different um, humanoid figures throughout the history of the world, throughout the million year history of the world, right? How many? How many millions of years? Millions Joe? of years. How many species have gone? Like uh, Bigfoot was actually real at one time, right? His it was Gigantopithecus, if I'm not mistaken, and we have fossil fossilized records of this big giant being that used to exist. And the reason why it's such a he said used to like it still doesn't right. <laughs> so and it might it, it may still exist. I mean, the chances of finding it in the forest, I feel like finding a fucking needle in a haystack, you know, like considering its size, that's a pretty big needle, right? Right. <laughs> Sorry. So unless it's unless it's hiding, you know, it's a it's a needle that hides, you know, it, it knows to, you know, be elusive or whatever. But these creatures existed, right? Or not these creatures, I sh we call them creatures, but they're they're humanoid beings that once existed on this planet. And maybe there are there's a small, a much smaller scale of them now. But a half a half wolf, half man is something completely different, right? Like, but then if you think about the theory of like human beings used to be quadrupedal like on all, on all fours right it's a known fact um not, and then to, if, not to certain people right oh my god man you get <laughs> dinosaurs are not a real fact that, I, yeah i know, I know. seriously so but, real so go go, no Joe, i don't want to cut you off again no, 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 yeah, that. No. so you were talking about the not even going to attempt the 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 what bigfoot was in in Gig gigantopithecus yes i'm not going to say it so <laughs> there was a creature right many years ago and there's this theory where for instance Loch Ness right which has kind of been debunked that there's a possibility that some of these prehistoric creatures could could have survived and kept on you know mating and being around right gotta throw this in here because it kind of matches what we're talking about right Lake Champlain monster if that helps he Nick wrote it down in, in pronunciation form for me. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> um, the Lake Champlain monster, right, is the Loch Ness of the United States. It is actually like per, a protected animal that around Lake Champlain, the surrounding states, they put out like this treaty, a literal protective order on this animal. Now, you don't do something like that unless something is really there. The woman who took the photo of of uh, of of Lake the Lake Champlain monster is in 1977. Sandra Mancy took a photograph while on a vacation with her family. 
that appears to show a dinosaur with the head out of its out of the lake. The entire bay of the lake where the photograph reportedly was taken is no deeper than 14 feet. According to Joe Nickel, it is unlikely that a giant creature could swim, let alone hide. Now, she took this photo on a vacation. At the time, Kodak was interested in the story. They took the photo from this woman and they analyzed it. Kodak's findings from this photo with the original photo that was developed and the negatives came back that it was legitimately not tampered with and it was something in the water that matched an astronomical size for that part of the lake. And then after the photo was analyzed by Kodak, that's when this order came from a, a whole bunch of other sightings that followed that, that there is something in this lake and it has to be protective. Now, that goes to show you that there's something in that lake that's being spotted. A fisherman that that he fishes for a living, like he's on TV shows, on ESPN and all that stuff, because everything is on ESPN now, pickleball, uh, mm-hmm. you know, ghost hunting, everything is on ESPN. I haven't uh, seen ghost hunting. Yeah, you know, but he said he was out doing a, a tournament and he went out to a certain part of this of the lake, came across these fish that he was trying to catch and he saw the school in the water, whatever. And he saw something swim by. The shadow was like 16 to 18 feet under the water. And he's a fisherman. So he has knowledge of like, I know where this trout's going to be. I know if I put my hand in this hole, a catfish is going to latch onto my hand. I'm going to pull it out. He did not know what the fuck this was. And he came back from the, you know, from his, from his, you know, his run on the boat, came back and said, you know, what, what was in the water? And they were like, what are you talking about? He's like, I saw something big in the water, underwater. What is out there? And he saw the Lake Champlain monster. So something is out there that is not completely documented scientifically, but is known as a cryptid, and it's called Champ, the Lake Champlain monster. Mm. So there's something that could have lived from prehistoric times underwater, which is more plausible than something living on land. There's validity to that. We find species all the time that we thought that were extinct for like hundreds of years or even thousands of years, and then they just end up popping up. That uh, bug in Walmart, right? Yes. Said that a couple of uh, episodes ago, they found a prehistoric bug in a Walmart that was like from prehistoric time. In Florida, right? Well, everything's in Florida. Well. So, yeah, in prehistoric time. So, you know, we're finding insects. There's, you know, possible uh, Loch Ness monsters in in Lake Champlain. Um, This video evidence in Amarillo, Texas, that mammalologists cannot figure out from that zoo and even experts down there. All these theories, we're never going to say for sure, but it's very possible, especially in today's day and age, especially with them trying to clone shit now, that we're going, we, we missed something. And there's 700 million thousand some uh, 700 million thousand Stop doing math. no 700 million acres and it was a uh, thousands in there 700 million 462 thousand acres of forest in the united states alone there's no way everyone is exploring that when we go to harriman state park there's areas of that park on that trail that we take that is untouched in that park alone so just go to show you the the mess massness of of forests in the united states and we can we can very we can sit here and say we found everything no no there's definitely pyramids in the united states no and, and <laughs> we, we found we can walk on land imagine all the stuff that's under the water that we can't get at right N- not only that 
the cave systems that we have yet to explore because it's just too dangerous, too dark. Oxygen levels and, and, and methane levels and stuff like that. It's There's such possibilities. And, and they found um, cryptids in, in California. I forgot the state park. Oh, my God. I, just, I did an episode of this recently, so it's just drawing a blank. Video footage from that state park finding these these creatures walking like a wishbone shape and um Cresno night Cresno night crawlers and in the state park in California they have video footage from their trail cams of these things walking along see and again this is stuff that's on land like we can reach this stuff we haven't but like you're talking about caves forget that dude like I will jump out of a plane before I will go explore an unexplored cave because we don't know we don't. what has survived down there. And what has survived down there is probably far more hardy than us. Well, I've seen the movie Descent. And That's another know, reason I'm never I, going to I've seen that movie. Even though it's a science fiction movie, any, I went to House Cavern. And I had a terrifying experience in House Cavern. I was just terrified to be on the earth, take that elevator ride. And that scared me from being anything sub, subterranean. That's, that's the term. Subterranean. 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 Anything subterranean? I'm out. We're gonna take a momentary pause. And we're gonna come right back. And we're back from that pause. So I think I cut off Joey, right? I gotta let you definitely 130. Yeah, I'm gonna cut, cut off, off Joey because we're gonna finish up on this dog man topic, and then we're gonna get over to the UK, and we're gonna be talking about what the hell. And we're gonna start. Hello there. That would be pretty good if we start talking like that. I could do that too, you know. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess with the UK. It's like I have like five percent from the five percent from the United Kingdom that listen to. This. Well, we need to expand that. You need to get to ten thousand viewers. We gotta get ten k. Maybe, maybe if we just keep doing the accent, it'll, you know. <laughs> or either that, or they just be like, "Fuck these guys." Supposedly, I am actually part British. My 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 grandmother, who I met once on my father's side, was from England, and my neighbor that was very close to my family was from London, England, and she had the sickest accent that never went away. So I guess that's why I can do the whole Bot and Jed thing it's so good. Well, I mean, if you're talking about your neighbor in the same conversation as your genetics, it's probably not a good idea, my man. <laughs> Go ahead, Joe, finish up. I think what I'll f finish up in, uh, about the dog man is I, I will say um, every bit of mythology has some sort of truth to it. Um, these these ideas they don't they don't come up from anywhere they don't just spawn from from thin air right uh, people are actually seeing things taking things into account whether they're dreams etc um, and I, in the in the ancient past people played around with a lot of psychedelics um, so we think um, there's this um, this theory Graham Hancock has about these these bags uh, that are being held in all these ancient depictions throughout history throughout a thousand year history um everyone from ancient sumer to uh the mayans and everyone's holding these little bags and they all look the same it's just like a little handbag um and his i know right the, the romans might have them <laughs> might want to phone a friend on that one uh, so i had a butt in here because um i see the romans had <laughs> They came out of the horse and uh, the, the pyramids. They took the pyramids. All right, Mike, give the, give the, give the mic back, Mike. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, Graham's theory is in those bags is was psychedelics, was something that people use to get high to access, you know, different parts of their brain, different realms, et cetera. And now I talked about uh, 
on on the last podcast about Harvard and their study on psychedelics, specifically DMT, right? And 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 Is that why you're wearing the shirt? Exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not an ad. It's not, it's not a, an ad. Not a plug. So now they're talking about people actually being able to navigate this realm, et cetera, coming back with like, you know, detailed accounts. And what's crazy is that everyone is 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 navigating this realm in the same fashion and coming back with the same information. Now, the dogman stuff, right? Like, what if people were what if everyone was kind of like experimenting and going into these different realms, et cetera, these you know, places that you can access through DMT or ayahuasca and and they're all seeing these deities in the same in the same fashion as the same you know we talked about the hat man too like everyone that that same kind of um aspect of everyone's having the same kind of like hallucinogenic hallucinogenic trip i should say and maybe hallucinogenic is not the right word because who's to say if it's if it's fiction or reality if it exists in the mind it's it's reality to that person to a degree perception is reality right and and anubis was this this ancient egyptian god who was a dogman who took um who took kings into the underworld like he was a transporter of beings in the physical and in the according to you know ancient mythology or greek mythology um he he brought them into the underworld and he also had access to the our actual physical world so and did he have access to our actual physical world or was everybody like on some kind of type of you know ayahuasca in egypt you know and and they all saw this being the way that he was uh and he was such a deity that you know they, they created things like the sphinx and all these you know it, it, it the sphinx goes back fifteen thousand years so there is a, a an ancient lore of of these hybridized beings that go back, you know, an extensive period of time throughout our history. So that's, that's, that's all I'll, I'll have the, the, all my input on, on this subject. So what I'll end with for dog, man, cause then we're going to talk about a subject uh, across the pond that is more believable by far, especially with what, what was reported in the last week and a half is like going back to the story with these guys on the trip, the fishing trip to, in Texas, I, these guys were not fishing high. They might have drank a little bit. You know what I mean? Because right. it was it was a trip on the boat. It was so you're saying trip. mushrooms is not part of a fishing trip? No, not, that not, and that's not what this guy said in the story. And I and again, I can't say that his story is 100 percent factual because it was on a TV show and so on and so forth. But these are from you know the show starts off. These are stories from personal accounts, and they've been slightly altered to hide names. Like the guy's name was on the show at the beginning. They didn't show his last name or whatever, but what he, he's a fisherman. He said he's hunt, he's hunted, he's hiked in the woods in Texas. And this is a real big outdoors guy. Like yeah, he this knows is a real, stuff. yeah. So I could tell you that first of all, when I go hiking and when this guy's in Texas where there's, you know, other animals and poisonous snakes and stuff, I could uh, personally tell you that going out on a trip like that, sloshed or high as a kite not is not a, is a no go. I wouldn't go hiking drunk. I don't even want to go on a big hiking trip until my knees feeling 100% because it's you're jeopardizing your safety and whoever you're hiking with. So I believe him to the to the extent that he went out there and he was a couple drinks in, but definitely wasn't high. I also can, you know, tell you that 
with his experience of the outdoors, you know, especially where he was in Texas, with there being lakes and, and forest, is what he saw was something that he never seen before, ever in his tenure of outdoorsman, being an outdoorsman. And, you know, taking your point with what with the Native Americans and people wearing the wolf fur and the and it's very valid. It's it's possible, it's believable. But then I have to go to the people that seen seen them firsthand. And there's people that can keep their composure in an adrenaline rush and be like, I know it wasn't someone in a costume. I know it wasn't uh, uh, a trick of the lights. And you have to go on their testimony, whether or not, you know, they're telling the truth. What they saw was out of fear or out of, you know, they being, you know, intoxicated or under the influence of something. But... I've heard enough stories to believe that there's something else out there. And this dog man, whether it's people dressed up or feral people or, in fact, a creature that we haven't come across, I'm inclined to believe that there's so much forest out there for for us not to have discovered something that we could be seeing. So, well, I agree. Um, again, you know, it's it's. There's so many ways to debate it. There's so many ways to look at it. I'm not going to discount anybody's testimony, you know, um, just offering different perspectives. Yeah, I agree with, and I agree with that. And, you know, everybody's got points when it comes, like I said, a couple last episode, paranormal is something you have to come into open-minded and whether it's ghosts, UFOs or cryptids, you got to go in with, uh, an open mind and you choose what to believe. Now we're going to go across the pond to something that is more believable now. I've heard these stories plenty of times throughout the years. Um, It's been on TV shows and in the last week and a half, there's been some evidence that has pretty much narrowed it down that this is either a cryptid or in fact, someone left animals over there and they have figured a way to evolve and adapt to that area. Oh, I now, can't wait to touch this topic. Now, I'm going to give you from Wiki uh, just a little bit of the Beast of Bodmin Moor. Now, in British folklore, the Beast of Bodmin Moor is a phantom wildcat that lives in Cornwall, England, Bodmin Moor. It became a center of perpetuated sightings in 1978 with occasional reports of multi-slated, um, multi-slain livestock. The alleged panther-like leopard cat um, was doing all this murdering of the livestock and was been, in, being cited. In general, scientists reject such claims because of the improbability of a large number of necessary uh, of cats living in an area to maintain the breeding population. And because of the climate and food supplies issued, it would make it hard for animal or cat that size to survive. Now, last episode, last week, I touched on this and there's a report that scientists or mammalogists there found hair follicles that are in fact from a large cat. Now, we got to take it away here where this beast of Boardman Moor or these large cats of UK, um, there's these folklores and stories of them being like these mythical cat creatures, right? Um, 
it was a video game, Nightmare Creatures, for PlayStation, that had these creatures in the game. Now, we're here to discuss whether or not this is a cryptid, or is it a cat that is adapted, which defies the scientists that initially gave their report. Take it away, Nick. All right. So, again, full disclaimer. I am all about being open-minded, but I'm going to approach this from an academic perspective, okay? So... Not that we've ever heard this before, but there was a lot of government interference. Not there's never been a government that interfered with actual proof being put out there, right? You never you've never heard that, right? No, no, Joey, jo- Billy, no. <laughs> not if I want to keep the podcast. Okay, oh, well, know. all right. Again, not our government, uh, but there was a lot of pushback from like if you go look into some of the research of this, like they would they would deny, deny, deny. There's 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 dates that you can go back. I don't want to say about 100 years, but pretty close. They've got a lot of dates in there, but they did have that definitive proof in 2023, right? Um, They've been going back and forth for decades. The best theory is that it's an escaped wildcat, right? However, I did listen to your last podcast. I didn't get through the whole thing yet. It's on my my playlist. I was listening to it on on, uh, on my way to work. It's kind of a little bit. I can't listen to it. My kids are all there, but... um, the amount of evidence, the preponderance of evidence that preponderance of evidence that they have found does not lend itself to a typical house cat size kind of a cat, right? We're talking, and they did it, and they ran it, and what it came back is was it a puma or a leopard? The I actually don't know what they came back at, but it's a large cat, it wasn't a house, <laughs> a domestic cat. It was a large cat. Okay, so like I said, um, I know it came <laughs> back. Here's where where I'm going to come into it from both a academic and a kind of rooted in um, supernatural, right? So what's one of the most famous locations you can, and everybody always gets it wrong, think it's Scotland, but what's one of the most famous locations in England for supernatural? Hmm. Stonehenge? It would be Stonehenge. So Joey got that in one. I was going to say the, the mansion where the Sherlock Holmes stories came from. Well, I'll get to the Hounded Baskervilles because yeah. I knew you were going to bring that up too. Uh, and I'll get to that because it's going to go along with this. But Stonehenge, right? Now, Stonehenge, you can delve into a lot of theories about when Stonehenge was actually built. You can delve into there are holes there around Stonehenge that are like 8,000 years old uh, BC. like So that's 10,000 years, right? Um if, if that's right, I don't know if it's 8,000 years old or 8,000 BC. They found some holes by Stonehenge that are, are that old that they've they've dated. Um, but Stonehenge, and they also found bodies there, right? Now, this is not something that's popularized. Most popular theory about Stonehenge is Druidic, right? The Druids built it. The Druids used it. Well, I don't going to get there. But they do know it was built, and they, they've come to kind of a consensus now that it's a, it was like a healing site. So kind of feel like, like think of hospice care, right? Like you go there, you got nowhere else to go, and you're going there. Now, where it's built, how it's built, and what it's aligned with, maybe giving it some of that natural attunement to give it that healing property. Keep healing properties in, in place too, because we're talking about cats, right? And I know you've brought up a few times before about harmonic frequencies. Mm-hmm. Cats per... At a frequency of 26 hertz. Now, I gotta go look at this one. 26 hertz actually is the frequency used to promote tissue regeneration. It's proven to reduce stress, lower blood pressure, and reduce risk of cardiovascular. So now, keeping all that in mind, and that Stonehenge was for healing, and the druids that are placed in there. So now we could say Wiccan or witch. Before the witch hunts, before the witch trials, 
witches were just people who thought outside the box, outside of regular medicine. They could develop these potions. We'll call them potions because that's what they were. Uh, that could help people heal. So about witch trials in England? Not well, both. There have been witch trials here and there, there were witch trials there. But before witches became this negative connotation, before black cats became this negative connotation, witches were just these alternative practitioners, right? It, it just means, um, I think it means wise, um, gosh, this one I don't remember off the top of my head. It's wise something, but it's definitely, it was alternate practice, right? So they're healers. Now, what's something that they did get right from myths with witches, that they had familiars? What's the most typical familiar of a witch? It's usually a black cat, right? Okay, and again, black cats. Well, why black cat? Why this cat? Why that cat? And that's going to, I'm going to date this back historically. And now I'm going to circle back to the witches in a second. We're going to go back to, and I was talking about it with Joey before the podcast, Pangea, right? Egypt, Egypt, Egypt again, right? And England were very close to each other before the continents started to drift apart. And what do we know about Egypt? What did they worship? What were deific? Cats, right? Mm-hmm. Big time thing in Egypt was cats. You always had cats guarding the tombs. You had cats on the uh, on the urns. You had even cat gods. Okay, so these weren't they afraid of cats? The Egyptians, I think the cats were like their guardians, They're like the guardians of the underworld. The evil well. wouldn't mess with cats. So you know who was afraid of the cat was the evil. Mm. So the evil would not mess with a cat because they were the guardians of the underworld. So you didn't want to mess with them. Because I know Billy Zane was scared shitless in the Mummy movie of cats. When yeah. they saw that cat, he like disappeared and went into sand and stuff like that. So I could see uh, why they used it. Right. He, well, he was essentially like a demon in the movie. Was, you know, he, 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 bad mummy. Right, the bad mummy, right? Imhotep, which is great because you've talked about Imhotep before being part of the pyramid mm-hmm. building, which is hysterical. Um, something we talked about earlier, off off air. But um, so again, we're talking about this as a healing site, right? And uh, considering that they thought differently and that these cats did these things, you could imagine that they had these cats. These are probably practicing uh, medicine people, these witches or these druids, maybe druids, right? We don't know. We we. They've come to a consensus that it wasn't built by druids. Doesn't mean that they didn't use it based on where it is and its healing properties. So you've got these healers who are probably healing in secret because would you go to someone that you know is being demonized and hunted? Probably not. I mean, they wouldn't go to priests in certain time frames in history because you'd be arrested and thrown, especially like in Rome. <laughs> you'd get thrown into the gladiatorial pits, okay, for being non-pagan so but here at this point maybe these pagans right which is our, our, our pagan belief you don't want to go to them and keep them in secret well they're still going to keep their pets because they know that these cats are helping and it's proven you can look the science will back that that frequency will help so you've got these pets in secret you've got these people in secret well what happens time starts to expand right we start to go forward in time and either they go completely into hiding because of all the problems that they're experiencing and if they go completely into hiding, they've got to get rid of these animals. You're not trying to torture these animals by forcing them to stay indoors, whether they were domesticated cats at that point or big cats, because again, just like with wolves, they're kind of a codependency there. And if you've got these things, they get into the jungles, they get into the forest at that time, which is a little different, less less explored, right? And then they start to multiply. And there's no proof they existed because who would keep that kind of proof? Because you'd just be tantamount to uh, admitting to worshiping the devil if you were a witch at that point. Now, when you're talking about these cats in this in this history and theory, um, the cats that are being reported that are on this cryptid folklore level are are big cats, right? 
So when you talk about they kept cats there, are you saying that they were like small cats or big cats? Well, see, there's no, again, right? Everything's a little kernel of truth. When we talk about witches, we always know they're familiars. And it's always the house cat, black cat, that we see in the imagery. That doesn't mean that it wasn't a big cat. We don't, we don't, that we don't have definitive proof of. Now, I'm not saying it was, I'm not saying it wasn't, um, but we don't have definitive proof that that was a house size cat. Or again, remembering that simultaneous evolution, right? Because England and Egypt were so close that these big cats could have evolved with these, you know, these humans that kept them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people keep exotic pets all the time nowadays too. So it's possible that they could have kept them. So, the only thing about it's a great so it's great because you brought a lot of history into it and some stuff about Stonehenge that I didn't even know until at that point. Now that I can go with the house cat, domestic cat, small cat theory that they brought cats there and used it as a harmonic area with sign. It is true. I, um, cats cats purr. They can when they purr. They purr when they're sick, not just when they're happy. They purr when they're injured, and they actually has been documented to actually like their purring could actually heal themselves and throughout history certain cultures and civilizations used harmonic therapy and in manipulation sound manipulation to do certain things now however your theory is accurate up to to the the cat being a certain size large cats cannot purr they actually their vocal box is built different so when tigers and lions are happy or even scared they do a chuff sound i if you i don't know if you could pull up joey what a, a tiger chuff sounds like but the bigger cats cannot purr they physically cannot purr so while he's pulling that up and i don't mean to cut you off mm-hmm. and i get where you're going when they're infant cats even the big cats mm. can they purr as no as little cats they kitten, have kitten? their vocal box are 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 built different they do bigger bigger cats the the same way that cat house cats make the purr the bigger cats can't do it it's a it's a vibe there's a vibration in their their vocal box that smaller cats when they they do it 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 vibrates louder and it creates a purring sound where the bigger cats are built differently to make that aggressive sound. So when they are happy, they make this chuff sound, and it sounds almost like I can't obviously I can't repeat, but it's like a. Um, Here we go. Yeah, let's see. I'll let the ad play, but yeah. So Joey's gonna pull up a chuff sound with a big cat. Bali is a Bengal tiger. Type of tiger would be native to around India in the wild. Yeah. Hi, pretty girl. Yeah. Yeah, that sound? That noise yep. she makes I hear that. That's unique to tigers since they can't purr. That's their happy sound. Yeah, so bigger, bigger cats, and not just tigers, but lions, snow leopards, pumas, lynx, even lynx. I don't, lynx are a little smaller. They cannot purr. They um, it's just in, in they're unable to purr. So your theory is a hundred percent accurate if they're using small cats at that site. In the in the United Kingdom, these reports of these big cats, and I did believe there's a photo that I actually used on my Instagram post of someone taking a photo of this big cat in the in the in a field, and that was believed taken in the United Kingdom. That shit looks like a 
like a, a panther. And I believe, and if, and this is where I always get mixed up. I believe panthers are, it's the panthers or jaguars. Jaguars are the ones with the pigmentation issue that are all black, right? And a leopard is a regular yes, cat think, with the I spots. Think so. The jaguar is all black because of the pigmentation um, in their in their fur is different where they're all black. You could see their spots in sunlight, but it's, in the blackness of their fur. Right. And then the leopards are regular. They're seeing all black cats in the United Kingdom. It's like a panther, most likely. Yeah. So. Really quick, not to cut you off, but the, uh, the in 2012, there was reports of a large black cat sitting on a park bench. And it turns out it was a giant stuffed animal and somebody playing a prank. Um, I guess to, to feed into the lore of mm-hmm. the big black cat in Sussex. But when you look at the stuffed animal, I mean, it's it's really convincing when you look at this picture. When the police pulled to the scene and they saw this cat lying on the bench, it's like, holy shit, you know? Like, And who's to say that that same picture of the cat in the field, I know which picture you're talking about, where it's next to the lake, that people aren't just using these like stuffed animals to, to fake the kind of sighting. So I actually, I'll, I'll read the report right here. And this is from May 12th, so fairly recent. New DNA evidence confirms presence of big cats in the United Kingdom. Long-held rumors of big... And this is from discoverwildlife.com. Long-held rumors of big cats living in Britain have been um, confirmed by results of DNA tests, apparently revealing that strands of black animal hair collected from a barbed wire fence belong to a big cat. Long-held rumors of big cats living in Britain have been inflamed by the results of a DNA test, apparently revealing strands of black animal hair from a barbed wire fence in the big cat. The hair was collected following a sheep attack on a farm in... Oof. So that's... Nikki, go ahead. Try to pronounce that. Where am I looking? Gloucestershire? Gloucestershire, probably. That's probably as close as I'm going to get. Gloucestershire farmer found one of his lambs dead. Through social media, documentation, documentary filmmaker Matthew Everett got in touch with the farm and came to investigate the site. Everett's team took swabs and sent them to Warwick University for testing with no results. However, the jawbone of the sheep, which had tooth marks in it, was sent to Royal Agriculture University in Crenster for analysis. The indentations were confirmed as, a poten- as potentially belonging to a molar of a premolar of a big cat. In 2022, the same farmer contacted Everett again to report another sheep attack. It was a large lamb this time, 35 to 40 kilos, says Everett. They were what looked like two canine puncture marks on the skin. At the time, we thought, well, it could just be a dog. We weren't really sure. There was wool sprawled across the ground as though someone someone had a struggle that had taken place. We checked the perimeter for access points and there wasn't any, but there was a wall. A very high wall where something could have jumped down quite easily and jumped over. And that's where we saw wool and hair on the barbed wire fence. This time the team recovered a clump of hair and sent it to a laboratory in mito- and laboratory for mitochondrial DNA analysis. You got that one right. Fucking Star Wars, that's why. Midichlorines, mitochondria, it sounds the same. They were found to be a 99.9% match of a leopard. Leopard. So, now we can, without going too crazy into it, Confirm that at some point in time, because these stories have been going on for years, a big cat 
was able to improvise, adapt, and overcome and survive. And not only survive, because it must have been two of them for this to be around for this long. Yeah, probably more than two. Yeah, they made it. Something, like something must have happened. Created this gigantic folklore. In But that's the thing, though. It had to have happened years and years. I'm talking about maybe hundreds, 200 years ago. Because these stories date back to like, you know, Druid times, Celtic times. And we're just confirming in 2023. So it goes to show you like the scientific aspect is adding up. Right. Right. Of big cats being there. Right. Because right? like I said, with the Bigfoot thing and the Dogman thing, UK has lots of land, bro. Lots of land. There's land there that's untouched. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's, there's Liverpool, London. Um, Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire, apparently. <laughs> Lots of places. But there's so much open land in the United Kingdom, like literal farmland, that there is a very strong possibility of something, not cryptid, not paranormal, but something that is there living that was able to adapt. You know, zoos in New York, again, I can speak on this, and on the East Coast where the weather fluctuates, their lines are out in like 44, 45 degree weather. Now you think lion, you're like, wait a second, lions are in Africa, they can't. But these animals that are living in the, they are able to adapt. So who's to say that a panther, a leopard can't, you know, throughout the years able to have offspring and their offsprings are, are adapting to the cold weather and now you have these folklore of these big cats in the United Kingdom that are actually legit real. So, two more small points, right? And I, I, while you were going, just because I always like when you caught me with that, you caught me a little flat footed, and that's cool because that was something I didn't know about the the bigger cats having that different frequency. That's from my forte of my job. That's the only reason I brought it up. I well, I mean, that's fine. That's the first question. That's the first question that I asked at my job. I says, you know, do cats purr? These cats purr, and I was told those they were like, no, they chuff. And then doing what I do at my job, I was able to be close enough to a tiger to see this, to, to hear the chuffing firsthand. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So that's why I was able to, you know, bring that up in that situation. No, I mean, that's a fair point. Like I said, um, I wanted to look it up as you were going and telling that story. And something I didn't know, and this is cool because I always like to do information out. Beta waves in the brain. Um coincide with between 12 and 30 hertz so we can go even to that chuff noise of 14 to maybe even a little higher at 18 so let's just say 15 14 15 right what does that help with it doesn't help with all the diseases that i mentioned before but it does help with attention adhd chronic pain problem with sleep including difficulty falling or maintaining sleep and various types of depression so now If we go back to it being straight hospice where we knew these people were going to die anyway, we're giving them the most peace we can, including helping them stay asleep, then the big cats could play a role. Again, no clue, right? Not there. wasn't there. Um, but the other thing, and you touched on it with the Hound of Baskervilles, which is fiction, but they have been talking about spectral black dogs forever. The Hounds of Baskerville, wasn't that based... Though the the building and the area was based on an actual area, though, yeah, right, right, real, not real, the story, obviously, not the Sherlock Holmes story. No, real, animals. real family, real kind of animals. But I mean, we're talking about ghost dogs, right? They're talking about the big black spectral dogs, which is oh. we've also talked about hellhounds. But 
hey, you know, they have to evolve from somewhere. So what if we were seeing these big, either black direwolves, we can go back there, or these big black cats that, for lack of better purposes, to someone of a less civilized, civilized nature or civilized society, they're not going to tell the difference. It's a big black animal making its way towards me. And it's it can rear its back. And a lot of times when you see these fictional portrayals, you see them arch their backs. What dog do you know arches its back like that? No, I, I don't think any dog can can really do, do that. They, they hunch, not arch like, you know, like a full arch. Cats are notorious for things like that. Um, even large cats, they, they do that when they're scared. I've seen large cats firsthand get like spooked, like if you go near them and they, they you know. But the only thing, and like I said, your theory is great. I don't know what they had at that time in order to keep those cats in bay, at bay, to, to do something, even if it was chuffing. Because I know firsthand that tigers will kill you. Uh, and what we see in these videos, YouTubers, these TikTokers that are in there petting, petting animals, and those animals were literally raised from cubs in order to give them like, oh, here's Billy, here's Nick, here's Joey, he's here to feed me, he's going to pet me. He's giving me my food. He's not a threat. So they kind of adapt to seeing your face and be like, like like cats and dogs that we have as pets. It's very rare and, and I would say common-esque for big cats to be trained that way. We see that in Russia all the time. These fucking Russians are, you know, boxing grizzly bears and they're sitting down. And But it's super rare. And at that time... Those people to tame big cats and use it for sound manipulation to potentially heal someone that is in um, a state of they're, they're going to die, you know, like uh, hospice, is to me with the like, yeah the profession that I'm in. I'm not in a full on profession of with animals, but I work very closely with animals on a, on a daily basis to see enough that cats will kill you the first chance they get. They will kill you, and for them to at that time at that time period you're talking about bc you know thousands of years ago they don't even have what we would have today to to even keep an animal at bay you know, we're talking about sticks spears and, and you know stones to throw at it you know at least nowadays you know what zookeepers use in zoos they have safety precautions for these animals at all times and that theory was good up until the point where you know with the cat the small cats and you get to talk about big cats if they had panthers there. It, it would be so like and like so difficult to, to keep them at bay and be like, we need this cat to stay here and chuff while this person dies. It's it's just so, you know, it, it's far fetched. For me, it's far fetched. Mm -hmm. Just based on what I seen and know about animals itself. No, that's totally fair. Like I said, um, I'm gonna come at it from just the academic side because I, you know, I want to in this particular like discussion debate um and i can see what you're saying right like even even a trained one is maybe not bite the hand that feeds it although siegfried and roy would speak differently um you know but i can see where you're coming from that the other thing is we're assuming and was this again we're making assumptions because we're not there we're assuming these things are out like actively out they could be caged and they're just chuffing because they want to get the hell out and you know these things were caught and raised by these people. Again, I'm okay with it not being the case. But if they're caught and, and, and caged, you know, speaking from experience, if you've seen something that's caught and caged, 
you're going to get noises out of it eventually, yeah. especially if it's hungry or it's angry, which you can very easily provoke something behind bars. They did have cages. They weren't metal. They did have cages. I mean, they, these these people caught alligators and, and, and hippos. And um, not that they could keep them very long, the hippos, because they were strong animals, but they caught them in ancient Egypt. So if they could build stuff then, <laughs> let me take that back, because it's ancient Egypt, which we don't, we're not going to try and emulate them because we still can't. But um, if they were able to, to capture then, Right? Maybe. I'll say this in the mic voice because... Oh, man. Here comes a Roman. <laughs> here comes a Roman reference. The gladiators, you know, um, when they used to take tigers from different areas and the lions and they used to make the, the, the gladiators and the Romans fight them in the, in the Colosseum. <laughs> You've seen it in the movie, The Gladiators. It was a good movie. It was a good movie, but uh, very historically accurate. But they did use these cats and they caught them somehow in the Roman technology to chain these tigers and cats. <laughs> Stop notch. Uh, we got it from the Egyptians. <laughs> <laughs> everything goes back to Egypt. It everything. Does, right? Dog man, the giant cats, everything. That's funny. Joey, go ahead. Add to this. Uh, I got a uh, interesting tidbit to touch on the the frequencies of cats. So you talked about the healing powers and twenty six hertz that the cats resonate in their frequencies. They often heal themselves, and and even around, <clears throat> even the people around them, they're known to to heal with purring, etc. Uh, so, in Darren, I might be pronouncing this wrong. Darren, Darren Cunha. Go ahead, Billy. You want to take this in Turkey? So there's a site Definitely. in Darren Cunha, Turkey, um, where essentially thousands of years ago they excavated. It was an underground city, and they excavated 18 levels of tunnels. So they took out millions wow. of pounds of rock, right, um, to to excavate. Um, there's a chamber in it. It's called the Oracle Chamber. And it resonates at 26 hertz frequency. They figured out somehow thousands of years ago to make a chamber resonate at that frequency. And essentially, the, the theory behind it is, is that it's like a healing chamber of sorts. And when you play certain instruments down there, it, they, they found that it resonates at that frequency and only at that frequency. Which is interesting because um, in Turkey, till this day, cats are, are worshipped by the Muslim tradition there. Something to the uh, to do with um, cats protecting the Prophet Muhammad from de deadly snakes, you know, all these years ago, and and it probably goes even further back than that. But they had this cat worship then, which means they knew something about hertz frequencies. They knew something about technology and frequencies, is what I'm trying to get at, which was pretty cool. That's I I wanted to throw a little bit of ancient alien-esque history in there. <laughs> Which I'm sure was built by the Egyptians. Right. <laughs> you know, with with this one, because that news came out last week, you know, um, was it May 11th or May 12th? It said, it's, this was, if that news hadn't been out, I think we would have talked more on a paranormal-esque level, right? Like, you know, how, you know, but there's a lot of factors that a dog man is, you know, we, we, are on that skeptical size. We don't, we, we brought up the native American folklore to it. We brought up the science aspect, the academic aspect to it. And we brought up our, our theories on that. And that's going to remain undoubtedly. Like we don't know, right? Like Bigfoot, like, uh, like the Crescent nice crawlers, like the Mothman, the Jersey devil. We don't know. There's been reports, there's folklore, there's stories. We don't know with this. This is something that I like to happen, right? I like that evidence pops up. And, you know, 
people that let's say you're in the UK, right? And you and you you go, oh Nicholas, you know I I I was walking through the meadows and I saw a big black cat walking around. It was like bloody hell. I couldn't believe it, you know. And and you know they tell the story, and the other person they're telling the story to is like, oh you you know what are you what's wrong with you? Like you know you're you're out of your bird, you know. They they don't believe it, right? Now that same person that saw this cat in the meadows, right, can go back to that person and be like, did you see the report? They found hair on this barbed wire fence. It was a big cat. And it's like the UFO thing, right? When I Oh, told- man, you cut me off. I was definitely going to bring that up. Yeah, like it's in third grade, I told this story. Got made fun of third grade all the way until I graduated. I was lucky enough to get invited to this big party that this very popular girl threw. And and I was like, wow, I'm, I'm welcomed again. I'm not the weirdo anymore. Fucking years later, right? UFOs start popping up on the news and stuff like that. I wish I can go to everyone that made fun of me and say, hey, guess what? I was right, right? And you see the shit that's on the news now? So now these people in the UK that saw these 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 large cats and there's these people there that were like, nah, it's impossible, not here. You know, we have wolves, we have birds and hawks. and But now, undisputably, they found evidence. Whether it's from eons ago where the the druids and celts or whatever was in was telling these stories of these cats whether they were seeing them there at that time very weird on how they would get there unless we're talking about like you know travelers and vagabonds and nomads came through through you know europe and into and brought them in somehow and, and i've got another theory that's I want to bring up in plausible but we have definitive evidence now like we have a a, a way a theory that this is being cited and you know someone had to bring them there the fact of the matter is these cats improvised adapt overcame and they adapted to the terrain they adapted to the climate and they're being spotted and it's proved now that all these big cat theories and stories are pretty much concreted with this dna test and it's in fact true so we have a cryptid in the world of cryptids that have been definitively you know proven to be factual Well, I've got two things, right? And the second one I'd like Joey to touch on because I know he's talked about this before. So the first part of that is how appropriate, not appropriate, how well-timed, and I've said it it on this podcast and I've said millions of times before, I don't believe in coincidence, how well-timed, just like Lester Holt got up there and started talking about aliens when we needed a distraction, how well-timed that the government in Britain is coming out and releasing this information all right, they've got their own issues over there and all that stuff. So, you know, I'm not going to delve into their politics. I, I try to stay out of it as much as possible. Uh, but how appropriate or how well-timed is it that this is coming out, right? Good. I, I know where you're going with this. There's a big difference between UFOs, right? Things in the sky with our, our defense and Pentagon being involved. And the UK just using cats. Oh, see, I knew you were going to go there. Haha, I knew what you were going to think. Um, no, you're too long. So, but we didn't touch on it, but it is in a lot of the articles that they're they're talking about these big cats for a while and going back and forth and saying yes, no, yes, no. But what's been popping up more and more and why this is probably have to be definitive released is because more and more are getting attacked by these big cats. Okay, so this is an actual now threat as opposed to a 
story or a myth or a like these people are all nuts kind of a thing. These are like there's a guy reported. I, I forget where I read it, but he's like attacked in his own kitchen. Like the cat reached into his own kitchen and attacked him. So yes and no. It, it's um, a threat because they want to. I will say that it's a threat because they want to make it a threat. Like how big of a threat is it to the city folk? Not really, right? It's a threat to people who are on the outskirts of, on these farmlands. But is it really like has a person gotten attacked? Have we do we know that definitively? The the well, like I said, the the story I read was the guy got attacked out of his kitchen window. But if you want to talk about farmlands, right? Like we want to push people into cities. What do we need those farmlands for? We need to take them over so i mean we could go really conspiratorial yeah, that, with that if we want. so let me not go take a full left turn there but the other part um before i take that full left turn is um stonehenge i'm gonna go back to stonehenge for just a second and i want joey to talk on this because i'm pretty sure i've heard you talk about this before harmonically where it's positioned i know you've talked about portals yes we, we talked about portals okay so like Imagine that this thing is placed where it is, and it, I, I don't know, I didn't look up the, the coordinates of, like, say, Stonehenge, per, per se, but its coordinates lay up with a ley line. Right. Just like these all, other all things. All these are on, like, specific ley lines. Right. People, so, people have matched all these megalithic sites to, not only that, just, like, they're all on these uh, mag magnetic ley lines as well on the Earth, which is not coincident i mean you said you don't believe in coincidence i do not I don't, I don't really either to be honest so you imagine these portals are used maybe not now maybe we don't have that that power anymore or maybe we do just there's a few of us that do that we don't and i'm not trying to sound like really myth mythological or magical here but somebody used these portals and took them again we can go back to pangea where they grew up but this is a good point that you brought up because now I, I can get on the same boat you know with you with on this because this portal theory right and I don't know if you're insinuating the possibility of a portal opening up and cats coming yeah, through it. Yeah, because yeah, you know, because it's possible. Because I'd rather that than doom, but yeah, yeah the uh, mini mini doom that that's that Doom Slayer game on the phone is really good. Uh, off subject, but I love this story. I heard it about a year and a half, two years ago, and it's about superstition mountains. Right, it's a part of the United States that it's up there in supernatural happenings. Right. And I told the story a few times, but um, I think the Paranormal Files on YouTube had this uh, trail guide tell this elaborate story of this man who was hiking through Superstition Mountains, and he went into a bar, and he told everyone in the bar that he saw this portal open up, right? And he went back to this, this portal, kept opening up, right, for like maybe a couple days. And he, at one point, was throwing rocks through this portal, this, this light. The rocks were going through the light. They weren't coming out the other side. Like he'd walk around the portal and there was no rocks there. They were going through this thing. So on a particular day, this this on this YouTube video from Paranormal Files, I believe it was, the guy went back, the trail guy was telling the story of this gentleman. And this guy went back to the portal. It was there. It was uh, there all these days, but he brought a chicken. And he was going to tie the chicken with a rope and throw the chicken through the portal to see if it comes back out. Like, let me throw it through because I ain't going through it. Let me throw it through and see if, like, you know, what happens if I pull the, pull the rope? Is it going to come right, back out? Right, makes sense. You got to throw something smaller in there, not you know, because you know what happens when you go through a black hole. You're like, you're, you're, yeah. You're, well, it's like going under the ocean times a million. Although reportedly the other a uh, couple weeks ago, I'm, I'm not going to take a left. Oh, turn, we're going to go into interstellar, aren't we? But they scientists saw a star that was swallowed by a black hole come back out 
So that just shows, fucking changes everything with uh, black hole. That's pretty impressive considering the gravity pull of a black it, hole is they, ridiculous. You read it, type it up on Google when off off the air, off air, and I'm telling you, they they saw a star come back out. Black hole swallowed the star, it spit it back out, which is fucking. We're going down like some changing shit that we thought, right? But anyways, he went back with the chicken. Chicken, the portal rather was not there no more. So it's like he's like fuck. I, now I can't do this science experiment to see what happens. What I'm alluding to is Superstition Mountains is known for super natural happenings all the time. Reports there are not just portals, UFOs, skinwalkers, reptilian people, which is a cryptid we can mention, but we're not covering today, but there's like this ongoing conspiracy about these reptilians, right? These reptilian people. People go on these hikes there and they completely disappear, right? Now, granted, Superstition Mountains is... You have to be like an expert of that terrain and navigate and know what the fuck you're doing before you go out there. Because if you don't go with a trail guide who knows what he's doing, you'll get killed either by a venomous snake, fall off a cliff, something. But people have just vanished there, even with trail guides. Or And there's so much going on there. This whole portal thing, I can get on boat with because it's possible in a paranormal aspect that if Stonehenge was some form of a, of a portal, that maybe these parallel dimensions and things we talk about, something came through that wasn't indigenous to that area. Although I'm more inclined to believe that somebody brought these cats over there and they were able to... Oh yeah, definitely. But I mean, just, just to look at it from different perspectives, and like I said, I know Joey has talked about portals before, so mm-hmm. I was like, this particular... And I brought Stonehenge in like I was like, I know that this is going to pique your interest because you guys have talked about Stonehenge before, but particularly because of how it's arranged and you could talk about a room or you could talk about a tuning fork or you could talk about, um, I know you talk about the temple in, God, I'm not going to say it right. Chichuizu? Chichen Itza. Ah, you say it more than me. And but, another another uh, like example of frequencies, they they harmonically like tuned that pyramid so that it it spits out the sound of a bird when you make any kind of like sharp noise in front of it. I was clapping my hands and when you're there hearing it in person, it's so distinct. You're like, that is a fucking bird. And the camera doesn't even pick it up and do it justice as as well as I heard it in person. Uh, and so that so that you don't sound so conspiracy conspiratorial and, and like, you know, out there with that theory, um, I I will say that it's very possible that in the past people thought about technology on a whole different wavelength in in how we think about technology and how we go about building things so conventionally what if there was an alternate form of thinking that people had and and everybody went on that form of of thinking and those in terms of those uh theories that they had back then and 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 built upon that technology over the course of a thousand years and obviously we lost it somewhere along the way and we no longer think in those terms, right? Right. Did we lose it or was it hidden? Exactly. Is it hidden? And now there's sort of like this rediscovery that we're finding about frequencies and tuning and we can actually move matter with frequency. That was a, a, a myth for a long time that you can't do it. And then we realized like, you know, like that, that there was an old video of these, these singers singing at a really high pitch and then breaking glass and science actually recognizing that, okay, frequency does affect and sound affects matter but does sound affect matter or does frequency affect matter and it turns out 
that frequency and sound are one and the same, and there are certain frequencies in which the human ear can't pick up. Just because we can't hear it doesn't mean it actually isn't making a sound. You can't hear a dog whistle, but no. it's going, and you can see a dog go absolutely batshit crazy when you blow one of those right. things. And more recently, talking about frequencies, we've discovered that um, plants... Uh, makes make sound at a frequency to communicate with one another. This is actually like that was trippy. I read that. Found, that was trippy. Like it just came out now. So yeah, as a as a plant based vegan, <laughs> my friends are gonna be like, you see, plants are fucking talking to each other. They're, they're alive, you know. I actually read that that when you when you're cutting them and you're you know you're you're cooking them, they they scream and shit like that. And I was just like, it might it might. So there there's um there's <laughs> they're saying that it's not it's it's more so of a of a warning to the other plants around it to like prepare itself to to do what it can to defend itself if there is a defense mechanism for the plants yeah i don't need no it, m night Shyamalan, the happening going on right, right. m night Shyamalan, Shyamalan. yeah i i i um the yeah when i read that report i was thinking about joey i was like mm. there's a whole i I might have to get in it. I'll, I'll send you one where they where they, they talk about why it's not screaming. When I update the website of the upcoming episodes, because next week we're going to be doing something back on UFOs, but it, we might have to go head to head on on something. And I and I did it with you, <laughs> the vegan thing. I'm I'm on board on supporting that diet because that lifestyle because I I've done it and it helped me. But to me to maintain it, my doctor said your blood type is not going to maintain it long term. And when I did the vegan diet, I changed. I don't even know if he knows that. <laughs> well, I changed drastically and I can give the, you know, there's people on, on social media that knock the vegan whole veganism thing. And I was one of them at one point until I did it. And then I was like, holy shit, it changed my life. It changed my, right. my skin, my hair, you everything. Have to, you have to do it correctly. Though. Yeah. We'll and I was, we'll I, 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 I feel like I was doing it for a while, but then I got my blood work done and the guy was like, you need to go home and eat a burger. There's, and, and even for me, like there's still a lot of things that I have to supplement, like, I take uh, D three and well, how we'll long you been doing it. the vegan thing? Like ten years now. Yeah, wow, it's crazy. Right. Well, there's some stuff on on in, in. I know you don't like Joe Rogan when he talks because there's, there's some negatives to it yeah, now that yeah. people. But we'll get into at another episode because that's good. It's good. It's good to talk about. It's a good that. debate. Yeah, that's it's a good debate. You know, we'll we'll do that. But um, is, is Mike going to um. Is, is Mike going to uh, moderate that one? You know, the Romans, they had... Uh, well, to be honest with you, right there, um, what was the... the they were, the, were plant-based. The, they the were. They found the gladiators were plant-based. Yeah. What was the um, the Roman, the the, the writing? that There was a, a term that they called them. I don't even know. It was on, it was on the, the What the Health... Uh, the documentary? Uh, on, yeah, on yeah. The docu- not What the Health. Um, uh, game, cha- game, changers. game Changers. It was changers. Horrare. Right, well, it was. I think that's the name. Horrare, it was called, and it was. Uh, well, that's Latin for um, beans and barley. I was going to say yeah. Horrare, it was called. Ooh, look at me remembering shit. <laughs> Horrare, yeah, that's because because I was big into the whole vegan thing, and I was like, and I was like, I, I got nutty with it, and I was like, I'm gonna tattoo this on my arm, and I'm gonna just look at my arm and be like Horrare, beans and barley, and fucking thank God I didn't do it because I. <laughs> but guys, this was a great episode. Getting to that time limit, but we can conclude right now that. The dog man thing, inconclusive. Great theories by Nick today on that. And Thank you. The the UK big cats, the beast of um, it was the fucking beast of I see I, I uh, Barter Moore maybe. Well, yeah, I always like that. I have the name and then I just lose it sometimes. But definitely something we, more. We can conclude that the cryptids in the big cats in the United Kingdom are in fact 
Really? They're there. Like they're there. Who knows how they got there? But at least they're cats. They're not like anything mythological. Either. Right. No. No spectral animals. I don't. Yeah. I'm like I said. I'm a skeptic before I'm a full out believer in things. But uh, I like to thank Nick for joining us today on this episode. He brought some super academic insight on this episode. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate coming back on here. We will have you back on again at another point when we're talking. Maybe we got to talk about a ghost subject, like yeah. straight up ghosts. All right. Listen. Whatever you want. I'm here. Joey, thanks for coming back on. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to thank Spotify for podcasters for giving me the opportunity to talk about these cryptids today and Nick for coming on and giving his intellect on the subject. And if you haven't heard about Spotify for podcasters, it is a free app that allows you to get your podcasting ideas out there. If you have an idea for a podcast and you're looking for a way to get it out there, Spotify for podcasters is entirely free and you can get your podcast episode out there through them and they will put it on platforms like Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google, and many other outlets. So if you have a podcasting idea and you want to get it out there, download Spotify for Podcasters. Nick, thank you. Joey, thank you. It has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast. Mm